Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton podcast, coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee. Be sure and check us out and like us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow us on Telegram, as well as on the website of libertyleadershipandlies.com. You can subscribe to notifications on the website to follow the blog there. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Again, that is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. Now, on to the episode. Well, we're back to lies this week. There are always too many lies told to us by our elected, supposed representatives to capture in one episode. This topic could get old, but it must be covered so that we can awaken the citizen sovereigns of our great republic to an out-of-control, overreaching government. And government at all levels, the local, the state, and the federal. We must stress and share the lies our own government tells us to open our eyes to the theft of our sweat equity and erosion of our liberties it engages in every day. The government is relentless in their efforts, so we must be too. It is amazing the number of people that I meet every time I am out and about that are disgusted with our government's behaviors. Nearly everyone I meet shares it with me too. I must have that, hey, tell me what you're thinking type of personality. In fact, just this past Friday at a grocery store came up. The conversation started out generally enough about the grocery store holding an open interview hiring event. Yes, even here in Tennessee, with the end of the extra unemployment benefits earlier this month, employers are still having a hard time returning to full staffing. Or they are having a hard time finding quality, long-term employees. Especially as businesses all over the place are trying to adapt new models of customer service needs in the era of COVID. The discussion started off innocently enough with a cashier, and then it went to the recent town hall that the usurper-in-chief held on CNN last week. I talked about it in the weekend update. Now, I would like to chalk up the gibberish that comes out of his mouth to the onset of dementia. And I'm not the only one either. Medical professionals around the country are expressing their concern with the obvious signs of dementia in the winter of the quote-unquote most secure election in modern history which is actually the big lie that the media and Democrat Party is spreading, contrary to the reporting about a fraud-filled election prior to 2020. It's a good thing that everything on the Internet lives forever. I'll get into that in a little bit. Not only are medical professionals concerned with it here, there are people outside the United States that notice it as well. But you will never hear that reported on any media outlet in our country. You have to go search for these reports of newscasters around the world stating the obvious to their viewers. Don't use Google to search for the reports either. Google suppresses them so that the truth will not get out for the lazy and uninformed, apathetic electric here in the United States of America. I have to use an internet search engine like DuckDuckGo. But in relation to the gibberish old lying Biden spews out of his mouth, there's also another reason for it. With his obvious cognitive decline, it is hard to articulate lies. Do you ever notice that when somebody is telling you a lie, and you know that they're lying, they get their story confused or must continuously adjust what they are telling you as they are lying? All you parents out there know exactly what I'm talking about. 
When your child is lying to you, the story surrounding the original lie comes out as a jumble of words that often bear no connection to the original lie. That is part of what I think is happening here. He is telling lies and does not have the cognitive ability to keep a smooth pattern to the story he is spinning, resulting in the gibberish that we see and hear coming out of his mouth every day. I think that's just something to ponder, so pay attention to him, especially when he doesn't have a teleprompter in front of him, when he goes off the rails without the teleprompter or an actual human handler to keep him on track, whoa, Katie, bar the door. That is what is happening here. Just listen to this audio clip from the town hall. I've heard you speak about it because you always, I'm not being solicitous, but you, you're always straight up about what you're doing. And the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are, why can't the, the, the experts say, we know that this virus is in fact, uh, um, uh, it, it, it's going to be, uh, or excuse me, we, we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. Yeah. Now, how do we dissect that? Is it a train of thought off the rails and trying to tell lies? Or is it just plain dementia? Either way, do you honestly believe this person really got 81 million votes? Well, if you paid attention to the beginning of that sound cut, it starts right out with a lie. Biden's telling Don Lemon from CNN that he's always straight up about what he is doing and that he, being Biden, isn't being solicitous here. That's two lies right off the bat. Don Lemon is always telling his audience that white men are what's wrong with our country, yet he's married to a white man. Don Lemon and the rest of his network spread and hyped up the Russian collusion crap for years, even after they knew it was complete garbage. And they knew it early, too. So, Don Lemon is most definitely not straight up about what he does on that network and in his private life. Keep in mind the lawsuit against him for sexual assault. A good rule of thumb that I have been developing over the past few years. If a liberal or a Democrat is accusing somebody of doing something, it is because they themselves are guilty of doing it. They follow that old maxim that if a lie is repeated often enough, it is viewed as the truth. It is deflection from people discovering their behavior. Trump and Ukraine is really the Biden crime family in Ukraine. Trump and Russia is really the Clinton crime family in Russia. Sexual harassment and assault against you name it, Trump, Kavanaugh, etc., is really the entirety of the Democrat Party. We must stand up to the lies. Anyway, back to the town hall. About that part that Biden's saying is not being solicitous is another lie. Biden has to be solicitous to CNN. That network played a huge role in getting him elected and is still playing a huge role in, one, keeping up the facade that he received the most votes for president in the history of the United States of America, two, not reporting on the facts coming out of his crackhead son's laptop with regard to him, you know, the big guy, not being involved in Hunter's business dealings, and three, suppressing information or ridiculing verifiable information on multiple instances of voter fraud being discovered in audits around the country. So, 
Two lies in Biden's statement right out of the gates. Then the leap into complete gibberish. So, to me, I believe it is a combination of both. Cognitive decline that compounds the inability to keep lies straight in the memory. A straight rail of thought turns into one of those many five-way intersections you see in Boston. Because Joe Biden has been serving in elected office since 1970, he has had to have told so many lies that now, with his mental faculties eroding right in front of our eyes, he cannot keep up with the many lies he has told us all for more than 50 years. It is sad and infuriating at the same time. Sad that people who are so interested in power would put a human being through what they put that dementia-riddled geriatric through on a daily basis. Infuriating that a segment of the population and liberal media handlers are successful in selling this charade to an apathetic electorate. But back to the grocery store conversation. There we were, the lovely and talented Denise and I, checking out in the grocery store. Still looking for those six cents worth of savings, by the way. And the conversation with the cashier went from the hiring event to Dementia Joe. The gentleman that was bagging our groceries, well, not really bagging, he was standing off in the periphery, and he's a fellow veteran that I regularly talk to when I'm there at the grocery store, he suddenly stepped in and changed the subject of the conversation to firearms. It seems he's a big fan of them like me, and we started talking about the M1 Garand and the 1911 Colt 45. That's when the cashier winked at us and whispered, he voted for Joe. No wonder the stepping in to change the topic. Again, he wasn't even bagging our groceries. He was just on the periphery of the conversation and jumped right in. Like many of the usurper and chiefs voters, all 81 million of them, dead, two, three, or four-time voters, our state voters or phantom voters, right? I'm sure they are quite embarrassed by their choice right now. I would definitely not want to be aligned with this embarrassment. He's an embarrassment not only on the national stage, but the world stage as well. Just like a lot of products that come from China, this one has a lot of defects, if you know what I mean. Before we continue, I'd like to pause for a word from a supporter of this podcast. Mrs. A.J. DePriest is the director of Proposal Logic. Proposal Logic is a woman-owned, minority-owned small business located just outside Nashville, Tennessee serving federal contractors with proposal management and technical writing expertise. Since 2011, AJ has served more than 150 federal contractors on proposals for more than 200 federal agencies. While average win rates for federal proposal developers rest around 35%, AJ finished 2020 with an astounding 100% win rate for her clients. So stop losing conventionally and start winning unconventionally. If you are a federal contractor and you are ready to win government contracts, contact AJ at 615-474-2123. Again, that is 615-474-2123. Or you can email her at aj at proposalogic.com. Again, that is aj at proposalogic.com. P-R-O-P-O-S-A-L-O-G-I-C dot com. I would like to ask once again that if you would like to support the work we do here on getting this message out, the vital message of reclaiming control of our government and informing people on the ways to accomplish that, 
and in supporting the work of others already standing in the arena on behalf of the electorate, please visit this show's homepage on anchor.fm and click the support button. Another way to support us is to share this podcast with as many people as you can. Subscribe to it and share the social media pages and the webpage too. The more subscribers and followers on those platforms increase our reach in the new public square and is equally, and sometimes more impactful, than financial support. As I am exploring the possibility of a political campaign, the more people we can reach together can assist in that effort as well. Okay, enough plugging for the show and back to the lies. Back to old Joe in the town hall. He later on took a question from the audience, you know, the half a room of people that showed up, about small business concerns. He then went into another lie, the $15 an hour minimum wage lie. Just like every other government intrusion into the marketplace, the minimum wage lie is one that hurts the economy. Not only does it limit employers from hiring people, it causes businesses to either not start up in areas where the local economic conditions cannot support that wage level, so they can't stay in business, or it drives the existing ones there out of business. This lie is very prevalent in our society due to a few things. First and foremost is our public, you know, those government schools not teaching economics. They do not educate anybody on how to properly work in the economy. Second, because of the first, most people are unaware that there are hidden costs, hidden from the employees and the general public, that are built into every employee a business hires. While they may pay an employee $15 an hour, they also have to pay Uncle Sucker more taxes on every employee's pay increase. An increase in employee's pay means an increase in the amount of taxes an employer pays. Employers just don't get to cut a check to the employee and they're done with it. Nope, there's the employer's share of federal taxes as well as unemployment insurance they have to pay for everybody they hire. The third reason is the wealth envy battle that is being waged in our society. Those big companies or landlords or whatever the current bad person is that the government tells you to hate because they have more money than you, they are the same people that work alongside government to feed its never-ending appetite, its ever-increasing and insatiable appetite for our sweat equity. Speaking of the lies behind wealth envy too here, I just love it when socialism supporters and and admitted socialist elected officials prattle on with this statement, we are the wealthiest nation on the planet, so we should be able to do X, Y, and Z. Well, they, those politicians, most likely realize this, but most of their supporters do not. Thanks again to our public or government schools, We are the wealthiest nation on the planet because we do not do those stupid wealth distribution ideas they talk about. It is never the chicken and the egg for them. Once again, it's critical thinking is a lost skill set, especially among the mush-brained liberals and socialists. So on to the next set of lines for this episode. As I alluded to in the first segment... Government and media calling millions of Americans out for supporting what they call the quote-unquote big lie of a fraudulent election. They're trying to shame them into silence because we all know that in fact the big lie is them, the 
aristocracy, the usurpers, calling it the most secure election in history. I'm going to hang this video that I'm about to play on the website, and it'll also share it to the Facebook and Twitter pages. It's a montage that some great patriot put together. After you listen to it, it's hard to tell if these usurpers are lying now, or were they lying then? Because for the most part, whenever a politician's lips are moving, they are lying. Listen closely to what these politicians said before November 2020. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. For researchers have repeatedly de- demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. It is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risk. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines. Right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know that hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who before our eyes hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software like Windows XP in 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. I'm very concerned that you could have a hack that finally went through. Well, that video I played, or the audio you just heard from it, has the ultimate example of a usurper of liberty in our Congress right now, the slimy Representative Adam Schiff, Democrat from California. By the way, I wonder how Shifty Schiff's buddy Ed Buck is doing right now. Not much in the national news about him. There's a bit of news locally in California concerning Ed Buck. I think his trial has started for the death, the second death, of a male prostitute in his home. Now, one death may be an accidental overdose, but two is definitely a pattern. National news will not dare cover Ed Buck because of his ties to the Democrat Party. I tend to not follow the deviant behavior that is typical of people in California, especially Hollywood. If your political point of view is guided by the nastiness that comes out of the people that are paid, and paid richly, to pretend to be people they aren't, You should not be allowed to vote, period. Those people, for the most part, are the very epitome of hypocrisy. Every time they open their mouths in support of a political and economic system that would literally end their careers and suck their wealth into the black hole that is government spending, 
they should be publicly flogged. At the very least, their infomercials and commercials should come with what social media is now using as misinformation labels. Like, warning, what you are about to hear is utter hypocrisy that no sane human being should consider as valid points of view. Much like what they are doing in their acting roles, they are just pretending for the camera in order to fool the public. But back to Shifty Shift and the infamous Ed Buck. I'll hang a picture of the two of them together on the website as well. And there's more on Ed Buck in a bit. There are several other prominent Democrat politicians in that montage as well, including our current vice president. I'm not sure you could recognize her voice without her typical hyena cackle included, but she is in there, along with Ted Lieu. He's another one of Ed Buck's buddies. Got a couple of pictures of them that I'll throw up on the webpage. Really cozy in them, too. I wonder what Schiff and Lou knew about Mr. Buck's behavior and when they knew it. But back to that montage, though. Why the change of heart on the vulnerability of voting machines? Watching them all talk about seeing for themselves, personally, that voting machines were vulnerable to hacking before November 2020, yet now trying to denigrate all the people that are trying to ensure free and fair elections after all the chicanery that was witnessed during that election. Did you even pay attention to what Mr. Ted Lieu said? Listen to his part again. In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. Now louder for those of you in the back. In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. They, the Democrats, brought this possibility into the mainstream. And now, now it is called the big lie because it resulted in their candidate being installed in the Oval Office. Now, saying Oval Office reminds me of something I heard this past week when describing Dementia Joe. Somebody said it. Who was it? It was, uh, oh yeah, it was former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. That guy's a brilliant dude. Anyway, he said that we now have a president that is looking for corners in the Oval Office. Now, that's funny. I don't care who you are. Let's pause for a word from another supporter of this podcast. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Roads area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. Before we kick off this final segment, just remember, go back and revisit 
that video I'm going to hang or replay that montage I played for you, especially for all your liberal friends out there that say that people calling the last election fraudulent are just lying. Remind them that it was their favored politicians that were saying our elections were vulnerable. Play that for them over and over. And then as we kick off this final segment, I would like to make an announcement about the next guest we'll have on the podcast. In the last episode on leadership, I mentioned some of the people in our society that are homeschoolers and how they are true servant leaders. Our next guest will be one of those servant leaders. I met this young lady at a constitutional conservatives meeting and was thoroughly impressed with her passion and drive. And I believe that the audience will be as well. As an added bonus, this young lady was just elected as the president of the Sevier County Right to Life organization. She is standing in the arena on many fronts. I'm super excited to have this young lady on the show and share information with you that you too can get involved in and step into the arena to defend your constitutionally protected, God-given rights against the creeping tyranny that is our government. Okay, the last line I would like to cover today is one of the biggest ones being spread by our government currently. That is that the events of January 6th being an armed insurrection. If that were the case, how many of the people that are currently languishing in a jail cell have been charged with insurrection? I mean, right now, how many have been charged with insurrection? Here's the dictionary definition of insurrection. It's defined as an act or instance of rising in revolt, rebellion, or resistance against civil authority or an established government. In fact, insurrection is in the criminal code. It's 18 U.S. Code 2383, rebellion or insurrection. Whoever incites, sets on foot, assists, or engage in any rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof or gives aid and comfort thereto shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. So we have the definition and with it the criminal code that people can be charged with. Again, I ask how many of the 587 people have been charged with insurrection? The total count as of today and after Pelosi's convening of her commission is a grand total of zero. Why is that the case when we have members of Congress and their enablers in the media daily calling it an insurrection? Well, I believe it's for a couple of reasons. Well, first and foremost, it's a lie. Next, it's to stir up the lunatic left. Nothing like getting the already crazy people even crazier, right? Another reason, I believe, can be found in the criminal code. That being the part that states gives aid or comfort thereto. How many videos exist of the Capitol Police and other security personnel there that day opening doors and guiding people into the Capitol building? Enough that would be considered evidence in a court of law of giving aid to an insurrectionist. So, many of the hundreds of people are charged with knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building or grounds without lawful authority, in other words, trespassing, or disorderly conduct on capital grounds. Very weak charges. As for the touted armed insurrection, just how many of the nearly 600 arrests are being charged with firearms violations? That would be two. 
two of the 587 charged committed firearms violations. None of them fired a weapon either. Yet this is the biggest attack on democracy in our nation's history, or since the Civil War, or since 9-11, or since whenever, whatever politician is calling it this week. If people cannot see that the political class and their media enablers are lying to you, I do not know what else to tell you. These lies are meant to stoke fear, hate, and division. It just takes a simple internet search to find the facts and using sites that do not suppress the facts. That's always important. Use those other search engines that I mentioned that do not filter and point you away from what old Uncle Al Gore would say are inconvenient truths. If the public would truly throw off their apathy, they would see through the governments, the usurpers of our liberty, and their media enablers lies our country would be in a much better place right now. More to come on this committee, which is Pelosi's blatant abuse of power, in future episodes. Pay attention to Congressman Jamie Raskin on this committee. He was impeachment part two leader from the House, who has blatantly lied to cover up for Antifa by falsely claiming, smooth words that just mean lied, falsely claiming that Trump supporters burned down a church. So, a committee formed on lies, to cover for lies, will report out nothing but lies, not the facts as stated in its charter. You will see. I told you this before. Mark my words what comes out of this committee. All the recommendations for legislation will make the Patriot Act and the 9-11 Commission just look like child's play. Before we close the show, I would like to leave you with this from God's Word. Job 21.34 How can your empty cliches comfort me? All your explanations are lies. I only covered a few lies today. Lies that the usurpers use as explanations for their power grabs. Open your eyes. Open your family member's eyes, your neighbor's eyes, your co-worker's eyes to the truth. You can find it just as easily as I find it and I talk to you about every week. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.